The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get over to our next guest now, Nadia Lavelle. She is Senior U.S. Equity Strategist at UBS Global Wealth Management to talk about her market's outlook. And, uh, Nadia, we did, of course, have a stronger-than-expected U.S. jobs report. Uh, the Fed looking to be setting up to uh, increase rates, not at the same pace as we expected, but potentially for longer. So when you look at valuations at the moment, do you feel they accurately reflect this narrative? No, we don't think so. I mean, you have the forward P multiple now at 17 and a half times. Um, that would indicate to us that the market is sort of expecting a softish landing. And we don't think that you're going to get that. We also think that the earnings expectation for 2023 are quite inflated. So if you adjust those numbers downwards, you know, you, the multiple is actually even higher than a 17 and a half times. It's probably closer to 18 and a half times. So we don't think that the market valuation is currently reflecting the risk to the economy and the risk to earnings. So are you negative then on U.S. equities right now and maybe favoring the credit market instead? We are. We are. We are we're cautious on the outlook for U.S. equities. Um, we are expecting a market, a market that's going to see a lot of choppiness in the first half of the year. In fact, we have a year in 2023 price target of 4000 which is lower than where the market is right now because we think that you are going to see an earnings recession in 2023. We think that consensus estimates need to come down by at least 10 to 15% over the next um, six months or so. And that's going to put downward pressure on the market. Right now, it feels like the market is trading on hope. I mean, we saw some resiliency in the market on Friday, despite the strong job numbers and the wage growth numbers. But we think that once you get into 2023, those soft data and the leading indicator are suggesting weaknesses on the horizon. I mean, we saw last week, ISM PMI now in contraction. And I think importantly, the Chicago PMI actually came out the same day that um, Chairman Powell spoke, and a lot of people missed that. But it, it is at a level that is only seen when one is heading into a recession. Well, you're painting a pretty bleak picture here. Uh, where do you put money to work then? Is it time to get defensive? It is. You know, that is something that we have been, you know, encouraging our clients and investors to do uh, over the last year is to position more defensively and more into value. You, we've seen some rally in the market and we would use that to continue to rotate in the defensive area in the market. And what I mean by that, we're talking about consumer staples. We're talking about healthcare. All of these sectors are going to have more earnings resiliency. And I would also say energy, despite the massive outperformance that we have seen this year, we continue to believe that oil is going to trend higher again. We think that Brent is going to get over $100 as we head into 2023. I mean, we saw the OPEC plus actions um, this morning, keeping production on change. Uh, we know that, you know, um, the, the EU uh, seaborne oil embargo is going to go into effect tomorrow. And we're seeing 
continued headlines about a potential reopening of China more broadly into 2023. And that's all of that is going to put upward pressure on oil prices. And we think support the energy sector. So you're positive on energy. And I'm going to guess, given the trajectory of interest rates where the Fed is concerned, that you would avoid information technology and anything that is sensitive to rates. And I would put in that group real estate, financials, and utilities. Where do you come down with healthcare? In healthcare, you know, we see healthcare as a defensive sector. I mean, it does have some growth characteristics as well, but we do think that the innovation in healthcare will continue. We also think that the earnings resiliency is going to be there. And so we are positive on healthcare. I mean, I agree with you in terms of tech, and but, it, but, but tech is more than just valuation. Valuation has come in quite a bit. But the sector still isn't cheap, as we know, still trading at a 20% or so, 25% or so premium above the market. But I think even beyond that is also the earnings growth is tech. You know, there are headwinds ahead. We continue to see some softness within, you know, the consumer demand within PCs and electronics. We're also seeing some of the cloud players also seeing some weakness. So we think that it's not only the valuation, but the earnings are also at risk within tech. I see that uh, you, you have energy as a preferred sector as well, and we're seeing some gains for the oil price at the moment, but so many variables at play here. How, how is it possible to accurately judge the demand picture? It is quite difficult, and we think that the, the, the oil market is going to remain volatile, but we think that the, the upward trend is going to resume. But I think also what's important is that in the last you know several weeks, we've seen a disconnect between the, the commodity oil and the energy sector, and we've seen the energy sector actually outperform. And I think that what that is telling us is that investors are looking at beyond the temporary weakness that we had seen in oil, you know, before OPEC's action uh, earlier today. And also, I think what investors are coming to appreciate is the free cash flow generation that this sector is, you know, creating. And that's also being returned through dividends and buybacks. And that's going to help support the energy sector in 2023 and 2020. And 2024, I really think that, you know, we are in an environment where oil is going to be higher for longer. And I think that's what investors are starting to appreciate within the energy sector and the profits that, that those companies can produce. In an inflationary environment, it may be a little bit foolish to park money in cash. But if you're expecting a rough ride for equities over 2023, might it not be prudent to just keep a lot of powder on the sideline, that dry powder, so to speak, and maybe deploy it later in the new year? I think so. I think it's always good to have some dry powder on, on the sideline. I mean, also, there's also the Treasury market. The yields within Treasuries are also short end, particularly short duration Treasuries are also looking quite attractive. So that's another way also to park some cash um, temporarily. Uh, but yes, I think it's important to have some dry powder on the, on the sideline because we do think that those lows that we saw in the S&P in November are going to get retested in the first half of the year. And the investors will have an even more attractive entry point at, at that point. So when you're looking ahead to 2023, what, what's your biggest concern? What's the biggest risk factor out there? I think the biggest risk factor continues to be not only the Fed, but the Fed's, um, the economy's reaction to the cumulative effects of monetary policy. And whether or not we tipped into a recession, we do think that we end up in a recession. But the question remains of the timing of that recession, how deep it is and the duration of a recession. We're looking for a shallow recession on a short recession, but it could be worse, especially if we don't see that inflation, particularly the non-housing services part of inflation, start to abate. We saw Chairman Powell highlighted that again last week. We saw the wage growth number that came in on Friday, you know, 5% year over year and on a three-month uh, 
month over month change annualized, but it's closer to 6%. So that has to start to come back towards that 3.5% that the Fed is looking for for wage growth. And so if we don't have that, that's what's going to be the biggest risk. Okay, the potential for a more aggressive Fed in 2023. That's Nadia Lovell joining us from UBS Global Wealth Management. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CutterEconomicForum.com.